glad that you're here today. And uh, this is your first time with us. So my name is Pastor Scott, and I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, if you're first time with us as you came in, you should have, I hope you did, but you should have received a program. Inside that program is a card called a connection card. And I hope you'll take a minute, let us know about who you are, and so that we can uh, get to connect with you a little bit more. At the end of the service, you can drop that card in the offering basket. And I'm looking forward to today because today we're kicking off a brand new series called The Edge of Tomorrow. The Edge of Tomorrow. And let me give you the backstory. Uh, almost two years ago to the day, we kick off a campaign two years ago called Towards Tomorrow. And in that campaign, we, we began to look in the future of what God might have for us. We prayed as a church. We, we gave as a church. Generously we gave. And, and in, that, in that campaign, we raised $400,000, you know, to help us get ready for whatever God might have for us. And we didn't have a blueprint in that campaign. We didn't have a property to show you. We didn't have a building to, to say, hey, we're buying that building. We had nothing except we just believed that God had something for us towards tomorrow. And of course, if you've uh, been around, you know, maybe you've been gone this summer. I don't know. You might have been on vacation and traveling, and uh, it, now, now school's back in session, and you say, okay, I'm back in town. Uh, if you've been around the last few months, our church has purchased a brand-new building on 24-mile Van Dyke. And, um, and so now we're on the edge of tomorrow. We pray for tomorrow. We pray for God's future. We pray for God's vision for us. We pray for God's best. And here we are. We're on the edge. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the next four weeks. We're going to be talking about, you know, what it means to be a volunteer because we're up in our game. We're, we're in our space. We're going to go two services. And the reason for that is our parking lot is, is, is not as big as it needs to be. We are going to build or we are going to add more parking, uh, but it takes a lot of planning, a lot of paperwork, and a lot, a lot of, um, you know, meetings at the city hall. But, uh, you know, we're, we're on track for spring next year after the fall. Hopefully we're pray, praying that all come together and um, and I'll give it more space. And uh, but in the meanwhile, we're going to services to accommodate, um, uh, you know, us, accommodate, grow here in the next couple of the next few months ahead of us. And um, so we're going to be talking about volunteer. We got opportunity to services, serving one. We encourage you to worship in the other. We we'll have kids services going on in both hours. And uh, in fact, we're we're making the elementary different. So if they come to the 915, they're going to get more small group. And if they come to the 11 o'clock, they'll get more 
Bit Church Children's Church, and it might flip-flop, I'm not exactly sure. It might be Bit Church at 915 and small group at 11, but we're going to create two different types of environment so that your kids aren't going to, you know, if you're there twice, you know, if you're serving in one and worshiping in the other, your kids will be getting a double dose of Bible, Scripture, reading, memorization, and uh, instead of one hour, we get to invest in two hours in your kids. And uh, I think it's an awesome, awesome, especially in the world that we're living in. Um, let's, let's, let's leverage it for, for him. So we've got those opportunities for you to, hey, I can serve and I can still worship all in the same day. And get this, you know, we do all the setup, we do all the teardown. Now we're here we're here every Sunday, you know, from 6.30, 7 o'clock, some people start showing up. And we're leaving about 12.31. And we are going to do the same amount of time, maybe a little less, because we don't have to set up. But we have our worship team. They'll be coming in at some point that morning, warming up. We'll have two services in the same amount of time that we do one service now, but we'll have double the impact. Can I hear an amen on that? Man, that's awesome. So we'll have double the impact in the same amount of time that we're doing, that we're focusing right now. And that fires me up. That fires me up. And so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to talk about what's going to take, you know, what, what we've got to do, what, what, what we're going to talk about in anticipation, what's going to happen, because I promise you, it's going to look a lot different. First of all, we're not going to be in here no more. All right? We're not going to have all the banners. You know, we're not going to have all the curtains. It's going to look a lot different. But we're also going to be exposed to a lot, new, a lot of new people. A lot of people are going to be coming in, visiting our church. And it's so vitally important as a church body. And I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks, I, I'm, I equip you and prepare you for this, that we can be open arms to new people, that we can be open-handed to get a new people coming in, our church, loving on them, accepting them, discipling them, getting them plugged in, making more friends, new friends. I promise you it can be awesome. But we've got to be ready for it. And so we're going to be talking about that next few weeks. But one of the things that we're going to do right before we start our very first service, I'm pumped about this. It's probably the favorite thing of this whole, of this whole next four or five weeks. But in that last week before we have our first service, we're going to set up Bible reading time from 9 o'clock in the morning to 9 o'clock at night. And we're going to ask you to pick a slot to come to the church building to stand before the pulpit on the platform. And we want our church, from Genesis to the Revelations, we want to read God's Word. We want to proclaim it before our very, very first service. So you might pick a time on Tuesday afternoon, and you might be responsible for reading 
10 chapters or 9 chapters in Leviticus, okay? Hey, just take one for the team, all right? Just take one for the team. Leviticus is tough, but come on. But you, 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 you're a diner, you come, you know, if your husband and wife want to come together and say, hey, we're going to double up, we're going to take two sections and we're going to read, and you're going to read scriptures in our building. Man, that fires me up even more. Can I hear? I'm, I'm sorry. We're just going amen crazy today. Can I hear an amen? All right. Well, today's message is entitled, ironically, Yes and Amen. <laughs> yes and Amen. And we just sang the song, all of God's promises are yes and amen. I want to break that down here. It actually comes from a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 20. And I want to look at two translations of this. First of all, I want to look at the New Living Translation. It says, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. Now, the word yes means what it is. <laughs> in the Hebrew language, it means yes. In the Greek language, it means, yes, okay, there you go. Y'all you, getting on here, all right? It means affirmed. And in the Greek language, and I love how the New Living Translation interprets this. They interpret it, they translated it, because in the Greek language, there was a double emphasis on the yes. Almost like to say a double yes. The New Living Translation, a resounding, absolutely, for sure, yes. All of God's promises are affirmed. You can count on it. You can take it to the bank. It is for sure a resounding, yes. In fact, in the Bible, there are 3,573 to 5,400 and 67 promises. But who's counting, right? All of those promises, all of them, are yes and cry. But the first doesn't end there. We got to flip the coin. And then it says, and through Christ, our amen, which means yes, extends to God. For his glory. The word amen means let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be true. So all of God's promises are yes in the past, affirmed, and amen, let it be so in the future. Yes and amen. In the book, The Divine Yes, E. Stanley Jones, the author, he said something so simple, if you're taking notes, he said this, Christianity is saying yes to God, yes. And I kind of like that, and that's simple to me. Christianity is saying yes to what God wants, not what I want, not what you want, but to what God wants. Saying yes to his yes. And I want to talk about yes 
and amen. I want to look at the other translation at the NIV, verse number 20 again. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen, the let it be so, is spoken by us to the glory of God. On July 1st, 1862, Abraham Lincoln signed a bill into law called the Pacific Railway Act. That bill pledged federal financing for the first transcontinental railroads. The Central Pacific began laying tracks from Sacramento, California, headed east. The Union Pacific, they began laying tracks down from Omaha, Nebraska, and moving west. And those two train, train lines met together in the middle of the Utah Territory called Promontory Summit. You've got these two tracks, and now trains are coming. They've got the tracks laid down. Now they've got two trains traveling in opposite direction, again from California and from Nebraska, and they're coming together. The Central Pacific, number 19, and the Union Pacific, number 119. And they literally came face-to-face, grill-to-grill, and I want to show you a picture of this historic moment. You see those two trains, and they're right there in the middle. And on May 10th, 1869, the last spike, it was a ceremonial spike. It was made out of 17-carat gold. It was driven into the track by Leland Stanford. It was the last tie. It was the last link that would connect the two great oceans from sea to shining sea by way of rail- railroads. And that spike was inscribed with these words, may God continue the unity of our country as this railroads unite the two great oceans of the world. You see, when you think of yes and amen, I want you to picture those two trains. I want you to imagine a mental picture of those two trains, the yes and amen. Now, the first train that I want to talk about is so far, so God. So far, so God. I'm going to call the other one, the other train, the best is yet to come. So, yes and amen, it's when so far, so God, meet the best is yet to come. And over the next few weeks, we're going to lay some track down. And I want to catch vision for our next chapter as a church. I want to talk about where we're headed. I want to talk about how we're going to get there. And I look back in the last 10 years of Lake Point. 10 years, we started with a few families, and now we average over 250 in weekly attendance. In the past 10 years, we have been involved in seeing 300, over 350 people come to know Christ as their personal Savior. We have seen in the last 10 years, we have been a part of 170 baptisms. We have 
in the last 10 years, we have given over $400,000 to missions starting here in our own backyard and around the world. $400,000. And I thought about this. I didn't realize we gave that amount until the past week. And the thought that we gave that much, and God blessed us two years ago in a campaign of $400,000. Can't outgive God. Just can't. I believe it personally, and I believe it as a church. You just cannot outgive God. And we have seen so much in the past 10 years. God has blessed us, and we praise God for his blessing. But we got to remember this. What got us here isn't going to get us where we need to go. What got us here is not going to get us to where we need to go. And so it's a new day. It's a new chapter. And so we got these two trains. They're traveling in opposite directions. So far, so God. And the other is the best is yet to come. And these two trains, they come together. They meet where we live at a crossroad. It's a crossroad of faith. I call it the edge of tomorrow. We're at the edge of tomorrow. We've got these two trains. We're looking at the past. So far, so God. I look past in my personal life. This month, in September, in 1999, I started 20 years ago full-time ministry. 20 years ago. And I remember where we started. You know, it didn't make sense for me. I, they hired me as a, an assistant to the assistant pastor. So I was basically, you know, an administrative person. I also was an assistant to the church daycare ministry. And so in the morning, I did paperwork. In the afternoon, I helped, you know, clean some babies' diapers, all right? I didn't do too much of that. But you know what? I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why I was doing it. I had, I had churches call me, offer me a full-time job to be the pastor, and I said, no, I'm not ready for that. Now, 20 years ago, I was 24 years, I was 24 years of age. I wasn't ready to be a pastor. I, I knew that's what God wanted me, but I wasn't ready for that. I knew that I needed to learn. I needed to grow. And so I work in that daycare director. I work in the church office in the, in the administrative part of the building. And I slowly worked my way up. It was in that daycare director. I was the boss of a young lady named Karen. I was the best boss he ever had. <laughs> we got married. I mean, I'm talking about, look how far we have come, Karen. We have come so far. We look back. We got, we got here today, Karen and I, 20 years now. We got here on a train called So Far, So God. It's the faithfulness of God. 
It's the promises of God that's been confirmed. It's him working through us and in us. Hey, let me tell you how you got here today. You got here on the same train. So far, so God. Let's talk about that train for a minute. That train that travels from the past into the present. It's Psalm 23, verse number 6. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. The best, the, so far, so God. It's Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 12. For the Lord is, for, is watching to see that his word is fulfilled. So far, so God. It's 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. So far, so God. We praise God for the train. So far, so God. But there's the other train. It's traveling in the opposite direction. It's coming from the sovereignty of God bearing down on us from the future. It's Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6. He who began a good work in you, he will carry it unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The best is yet to come. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 4. For he chose us and him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. The best is yet to come. Psalm 139, verse 16. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, the best is yet to come. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good work which God prepared in advance for us to do. The best is yet to come. You even see it in the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, we talk a lot about going to heaven. And I think that's awesome because that's where we're going. But in this verse, we get it backwards. The Lord's Prayer is about heaven invading earth. It's about God's eternal plan and God's eternal purposes making a difference in yours and our present circumstances. This is when God, yes, meet my amen. And so here's what we've got. We've got the faithfulness of God. And we can look back and we praise God for what he's done. We look at the miracles of the past, the blessings of the past. And we thank God and he's pursuing us from the past. And we've got the sovereignty of God bearing down on us from the future. We don't know what he has in plan, but we do know this. The best is yet to come. And we are here today living on the edge of tomorrow. Psalm 139, verse number 5. You go before me and follow me. That's where we're at. So far, so God. The best is yet to come. You go before me, and you follow me. The NIV says you hem me in behind and before. 
Uh, Karen and I, Karen and I, I'm sure some of you parents do this, all right? Karen and I have done this. We want to, we like to give our kids, sometimes we love to give our kids a hug at the same time. We've got two kids. So sometimes we love to give Nathan a Nathan sandwich, right? We love to give Abigail an Abigail sandwich. You've all done this, right? All right? And, and we love it. I don't know if our kids love it so much, but we love it, right? I call Psalm 139.5 a Psalm sandwich. This is where God comes together. So far, so God, the best is yet to come. He goes before us, and he's still with us, and will follow us all the way through. So we're at the crossroad today. We're at the crossroad this month. Looking back and looking forward. We've already looked at the milestone, but I want to look forward to what next. I believe in 2019, first of all, we have a new building. We've already talked about that. You know, a building, it's just a building. That's not the church. The church is right here. Church is people. We've not arrived when we get to a building. And for some of us, we think, oh, we finally made it. We can retire and coast, put it on speed control, and just cruise. But the building, I believe, will leverage us for even greater impact than we have now. I'm not here to settle. I'm not here to relax, because life is short, and hell is very real. And there are people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and have a relationship with him. And in my short time in my life, I'm going to give everything to the cause of Christ so that people can know Christ. And because one day, I'm going to be held accountable to God. And I want to be able to say, God, we did everything we could to leverage what you have given us. We have tried to be the best stewards so that we can reach more people for you. That's what matters. That's what I'm all about. We want to reach more people. Obviously, we know that. I hope you're on board with that. I hope that when you come in the building on Sunday morning in October, that you've got your new people radar, that you're looking for people that you can connect with. You know, you can be a missionary. We've got missionaries we support all over the world. But you know, you can be a missionary on Sunday morning in your own row. Because there are people that come to, uh, come to church on a Sunday morning hurting, in need of a friend, in need of a connection. And God could use you to connect with a person that needs a touch from God. God could be using you in that way, reaching people. Why involve more people? We're praying the next few weeks, the edge of tomorrow given. I'll go to $100,000 to 
so that we can financially take care of everything that we need to do to the building to be ready for day one. We're so close to the goal. So close. That's why we didn't ask for a bigger goal. We're looking for a fraction of the amount. Now, some can do more, but we're asking you to consider doing something in the next couple of weeks for the edge of tomorrow offering so that we can fully finance everything that needs to happen in our new building and for the future in our parking space. And so that vision 2019, we can't wait to see what God's going to do. I want, I want to dream bigger. I want to dream five years, ten years down the road. You know, I've asked God, God, what do you want me to do? And, and sometimes, if your vision is too safe, if your dream is too small, I don't really believe you're hearing from God. Because I believe that God had the potential in all of us to do more if we would be open-handed. I'm praying already. I am already praying for the next building. You say, you crazy, Scott. We, we haven't gotten building number one, I know. I'm praying for the next building. I'm praying for the property that's for sale next door. I'm praying that we can get to a place where we can buy that land. And when we buy that land, we can grow more parking and we can have more people in a service. Right now, in the, our current location, when we get done with parking, we'll match out for the building that we have. I mean, we can add more to that building, but we won't have enough parking for an increase of that building. And for us to look further out, I'm dreaming that big. I'm dreaming that big. I'm not looking at next year. I let God brings away. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. I can't wait to see what God wants to do. I want to see more ministry to families with special needs. I want to see more ministry, counseling ministries in our church. We've got so many people that are hurting, facing depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and it's on the increase, not on the decline. And by and large, churches have not kept up with it. They have not kept up with it. It's because it's happened in the last 20 years. I want to be a part of the solution. There's the need. We want to reach more people. I believe that God wants us to impact the community for him. And I don't want to put limits. I don't want to put limits. I want to be open-handed. This is where I surrender to God. It's overwhelming. It's scary. But the best is yet to come, and I, I trust you. I'll be open-handed, and I want to be available whatever you want us to do. I want to be available. So far, so God, the best is yet to come. I want you to check out this video from our Steve and Wanda Wagner. They've been out at our church from the beginning 10 years ago. Both have been baptized. In fact, Wanda is back there serving today. Wanda was the second person that we ever baptized. 
and Steve got baptized in the next baptism. He's in the, uh, I think he was number 10, number 11. But these two here been with us for the last 10 years. I want you to hear the story. I was, thought I was comfortable sitting at home uh, watching Joel Osteen. And then I saw how happy she was and how it had started to change her so much that I decided I was going to try it too. I had been sprinkle baptized at the age of 42. I knew that I wanted to be fully submerged because that's the way I had been taught growing up, but I never was before I went in the service. Like Wanda said, when you come out of that water, it's such a wonderful feeling and it's so so in, inspirational and pure, you know. And uh, so it, it doesn't matter how old you are when you make the decision. Everybody's been so supportive of, of watching out for me, even though I do fall once in a while. <laughs> there are so many things that have happened that are behind the scenes that hardly anybody really knows about, of how things developed and it's just, a feeling of being in a permanent home now, and I love that. Like it's your home, and uh, you have more stability here, and you know you can, you're able to take root and, and grow. Yeah. You get to, to be in that service, because Pastor Scott is such an awesome teacher. I've had quite a few pastors, but Pastor Scott can tell that same story, and it clicks for me. And I just, I just love that. <laughs> well, I'm looking definitely forward to uh, new people coming and, and seeing how welcome we can make them. And um, I think that the best is yet to come. I'm looking forward to the journey. We've all are part of this journey. And it has been awesome so far. I've seen God do so many things for our church financially and growing people. Pastor Scott says the best is yet to come. And I'm excited about that. And I just believe God is just gonna do so many wonderful things in our church. We just know that God is with us. So far, so God. Awesome. I want to look at a real quick Bible story, make a couple connections here, and then we're done. We'll look at the story in just a few minutes in Joshua chapter 3, but I want to give you the background to the story. Moses have led the people of Israelites out of Egypt. They have seen the power of God. From the time they left Egypt, Witnessing the ten plagues, they saw God lead them through the wilderness, fire by night, cloud by day. They saw God split the Red Sea. They saw God bring water out of a rock, food from the sky at night, so that in the morning they had food in the middle of a desert. They've seen all this. They've seen God deliver the laws, the Ten Commandments at the mountain of God, Mount Sinai. 
And they traveled a three-year journey to the Jordan River, to the edge, to the edge of the promised land that God had for them. They came to a crossroad, the edge of tomorrow. But something happened. Moses sent 12 spies in. 12 spies came back. 10 spies had a negative report. Two of them, we know their names. Joshua and Caleb, they said, no, this is awesome. God got the best for us. The best is yet to come. And the 10 spies, they were like, no. The worst is yet to come. It's all bad. And they forgot. So far, so God, these 10 men, they forgot the faithfulness of God. They forgot about what he had done the past three years. Instead, it was saying, so far, so bad. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're on the edge of tomorrow. We're going to die in that promised land. There's people that are bigger than us. There's walled cities. We'll be destroyed. And because of their lack of belief and their lack of faith, and because of the negativity that spread through the camp, God told those spies and he told that generation of Israel, fine, that's how it is, then you're going to miss it completely and you can't come over. We're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years so that your children can come up and I'll give them the chance that you failed to take. Now think about this. I think about this for just a minute. It is so easy as a church, it's so easy individually to get caught into the negativity. Because the negativity will destroy a church. And the negativity destroyed this generation of people. Because they totally miss what God had planned for them. I always tell people, if you've got an issue, if you've got negativity, you come talk to me. Complain up. Always complain up. Always complain up. I'd be glad to talk to you. I'd be glad to help people. But you do, you do the work of Satan when you spread gossip and negativity all day long. It's not going to handle a lot of things. The church can handle a lot of things. We're here for broken people, but we're not made for the great divider to be used in our church. And here it happens. For 40 years now, 40 long born years, all that generation died. You've got the next generation back at the edge of tomorrow. And they look back. So far, so God. And the best is yet to come. What are we going to do? 
Joshua chapter chapter 3, verse number 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan at the edge of Tamar, the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant, went ahead of them. The Jordan is at the flood stage. This is the worst time of the year to cross the Jordan River, by the way. And right now, if you go over there, the Jordan River is all dammed up, you know, so it's like a trickle. But back then, there was no dam. There was no water control. This was a raging river. I was going from the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea. In 95 miles, there was a 700 drop, 700 feet drop in that short time, time period. So this is a fast river. During the flood season, this is not the time to cross. God had him crossing at this time. So look at verse 15. And soon as the priest carried the ark, reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water edge. And the water from up stream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. Look at verse 17. The priest carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord and it stopped in the middle of the river and it stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. So let me say what, give us three quick thoughts. What does this mean for us? The Jordan River is the borderline into blessing. The Jordan River, the edge of tomorrow, is the borderline of God doing greater things that's yet to come in your life and my life and in our church. The Jordan River, the picture of a Christian taking the next step of faith into a deeper walk with God. The promised land, the picture of the blessings of God. And I ask you this, are you standing on the edge? Are you standing on the border? Will you go forward in faith? Or will you retreat to what's safe? Some of you, you're on the border today of salvation. You've been thinking about it, you've been praying about it, or you've been dipping your toes in the pool of salvation, just trying to figure it all out. You're just not sure you're ready to make the leap. You're on the edge, you're on the border. Will you go forward and accept Christ as your Savior, or will you go back? Some of you have been attending the church for years. You haven't joined. You haven't become a part of the family. You haven't been plugged in. You're on the borderline of the blessing of fellowship with the church family. Will you go forward? We're having a membership class in the new building toward the end of October. What well, awesome opportunity for you to become a part of the family, part of the Late Point family, so that we can move forward with the mission and vision of Late Point Church. Some of you need to go forward on that decision. Some of you have been standing on the border regarding baptism. Baptism, time to step forward. Some of you are on the border of serving, being a volunteer. You've got many, you come up with many excuses not to do it. God said, come on, let's go. Jump in. Be a volunteer. Be a part of something bigger than yourself. Be a part of the movement of God. Be a part of it. Some of you might be on the border in a way that you should give to God so that we can continue to further the mission of God at Late Point. Some of you are on the border in regard to where you stand with Late Point. You might not like the vision and mission. You're like, man, that's scary. I like it small and tight. 
I like us four no more. I pray that you get over that and realize that God had something for us that's much bigger than that. And we move forward with the vision and mission that we want to help people take their next step with God. And he says, God, some of the stuff you talk about was kind of scary. It's kind of crazy. I know. Crazy for me to think about. But I want to be open to whatever God wants. And it may not be that. But I want to be available and open. Are you on the border? I wonder where you're at. I hope that we'll keep moving, church. I hope we don't, we don't just give up, that we keep moving forward. A wise person once said, the saddest words of tongue or pen are these four words, what might have been. Saddest words. What might have been. We're standing at the Jordan today, the edge of tomorrow. And it may look tough. It may seem intimidated. It may not look easy. But it's really a border into God's blessing. The best is yet to come. Number two, you'll never know God's power until you step into the water. You'll never know God's power. See, God's waiting for you to step out in faith. And that's where this is. You know, can you imagine those three carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and they're getting down to that raging river. Like the Colorado River going through the Grand Canyon. You've seen it, white water. They're looking at it, and they're probably, I bet those priests had a moment of pause. They're like, you know, maybe we should stand here and wait for the water to stop. Because we haven't had a whole lot of swimming lesson in the middle of the desert in case this thing doesn't work. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, they're stuck. He says, do we, do we do this? The Bible says, they step down, and that Jordan River has deep bank. There's no, hey, we're tiptoe, you know, and, and back up if this thing doesn't work. It was, hey, we got to go down. We got to commit because there's no stopping us with the big box that we're holding, the Ark of the Covenant. And so they got down to the, to the bank. It's deep, and it started going down, and there was no stopping. And they totally went in faith, stepping into the deep unknown. And the power of God showed up. Some of you say, I'm waiting for the power of God before I do anything. Now, God's waiting for you to step out in faith. He's waiting for you to step out. Step out in faith. And these priests, they had decided, sink or swim, live or die, let's obey God. And they step out. So we're facing the challenge of reaching many new people. It doesn't look easy. It looks terrifying for you. I'm excited about it, but for some of you, you're like, oh, man, I'm going to be around people I don't know. That's okay. It's not going to be easy for us. We can't just walk across the river. We're going to have greater expenses than ever before. Each of us is going to be called upon to serve up, to step up, to serve the Lord in new and different ways, to be flexible. For some of you, that, you might have a personal decision you need to make. You're on the edge of your own personal Jordan River. 
whether it's salvation or baptism or volunteering. So it looks scary, it looks tough. I don't know. If I do it, I might lose something. I might lose my friends. I might lose my family. I might lose my job. I might lose my reputation with my, with my outside lost friends. I'm telling you, step in. God's power reveals himself when we step in. Maybe it's a career decision to make, a medical decision, a financial decision. Are you willing to step into the water? Scary, but here's the good news. Number three, Jesus will be your pathway through the water. Jesus will be your pathway. The priest, they carry the ark. The ark is a picture of the seed of God. That represents who God is right there. The Bible said that the Ark of the Covenant went into the Jordan River, the water back up, and then the priest stood in the middle of that river with God, Jesus, in the path. He is in the middle of the path. And the only reason why he was safe in the Jordan River is because Jesus was already there. We will face challenges. We're going to face difficulties and problems and opposition, but if we keep our eyes on Jesus, he will carry you through. He will carry us through. And he will allow us to see the best is yet to come. The edge of tomorrow. The edge of tomorrow. It's all about faith. It's all about faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So far, so God, and the best is yet to come. Karen and I have had the joy and privilege of pastoring this church for the past 10 years. And I want to tell you, it has been so far, so God. So far, so God. God has done some amazing miracles, but the way you steward miracles is that you believe God for even bigger and better miracles. What God is here is not going to get us where God wants to go next. But I have no doubt the best is yet to come. We have a God-sized vision, not a man's vision, but a God-sized vision. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power, that that work within us, to him be glory in the church and throughout all the generations, forever and ever. Amen. What are the two trains? Let's name them. The first one. So far, so God. Let's hear it. So far, so God. Do you believe it? So far, so God. One more time. So far, so God. What the other train? The best is yet to come. Do you believe it? The best is yet to come. I can't hear you. Do you believe it? The best is yet to come. Our Father God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. God, I pray you help us to lead out, to step out in faith. It's scary. It's uncertain of what you might have for us. God, help us to be open-handed as a church. God, I pray for us individually. 
All of us here, we got maybe a crossroad and decision. Some of us have our own personal edge of tomorrow. Might be a financial decision, might be a medical situation, a job situation, a relationship situation. God, I pray that you will help us to see the step we need to take so that we can take forward and move forward with him. God, it might be someone here today that needs a relationship with you. They've never met you in a relationship, and they've been holding back. They've been playing safe. God, I pray today on the, that they will take a step forward into faith in Christ, and Christ alone. God, maybe there's some of us here, we've done that. But we've never taken that next step to go public with our faith in Christ by baptism. God, I pray that we would take that step, help that person to take that step, and to move forward. God, I pray for our church. I can't wait to see what you got for us. You've been so good. So far, so you. God, we believe the best is yet to come. We're not perfect people. I'm amazed that you're used a broken, imperfect pastor to lead an imperfect church so that we can worship and glorify a perfect Savior. And God, moving forward, I pray that we be fired up for the best is yet to come. God, I pray we believe it. I God, I pray we anticipate it. The best that you have for us. We just need to be open-handed, available, obedient, faithful to you. And you're in my prayer. Amen. Let's all stand. They're going to sing a song here that fits right with this message. Awesome. But there may be some of you here today who say, man, I want to pray. I want to get down on my knees before God. I want to pray for my family. Maybe you want to pray for our church. But while you're singing this song, you come forward, get on your knees. My wife and I, we're going to be down here on our knees praying for you, praying for our church. We can't wait to see what God has. And in you 
sitting on the mighty throne. He's got his hand cupped. If there is something you are coming with today, he is on the throne waiting for you to go to him. And he's got your plan pathed out for you. Whether it's depression, anxiety, whether it's something, there is a God out there. The best is yet to come. Let this song be your breakthrough. Let this song be your rock. As, you, as we finish the song together, let's finish because this is our breakthrough as a church.